Hey, everybody. Welcome back to the Real Estate Rundown with Shannon Robnett. Today, my guest is Brett Swartz. Brett, say hello. Hi, Shannon. How are you guys doing? Nice to, nice to be on the show. Good. Hey, Brett, I'm really excited to have you on here because as a lot of people know, um, we have a tax partner. We have, we have a silent partner that takes an enormous amount of our money, but you've built a business around helping people avoid taxes legally and to be able to create the wealth, grow the wealth faster without the tax consequences. Brett, tell us what you do. Yes, Shannon, thanks. So most high net worth individuals, they struggle with capital gains tax and it's somewhere between 30 and 50% when they go to sell their high-end primary home, business, investment, real estate, or other highly appreciated asset. And what our clients are looking for is what's called transformational wealth uh, plan and an opportunity to be free from the toilets, the trash, the liability, all of the headaches that are associated with owning real estate, being in debt. And so we use the tool called a deferred sales trust to, to help them achieve this transformational wealth plan so they can create and preserve more wealth, but also so that they can give back to the causes they believe in most. So, Brett, Deferred Sales Trust, I mean, I think everybody that's listening to this podcast has heard 1031, but uh, d what is a Deferred deferred Sales Trust? Absolutely. Great, great question. Uh, it's a manufactured installment sale, and then, but really, it's, a, it's better to tell you a little bit of my story to kind of uh, help you understand how this came about, and, 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 and it'll, it'll weave in exactly what it is. So, I actually started a company called, started at my career at a company called Marcus and Millichap, helping people buy and sell multifamily property in Northern California. Even before that, growing up in the Bay Area, uh, with my father and my mom, uh, we would build custom homes and, and remodels and they had rentals. And so I've kind of always been in the real estate business. Uh, but when I started out at Marcus and Millichap, it was during the 2006 to 2011 range. And a lot of things happened. We saw some of the most highly appreciated properties in 06, 07. And then likewise in 08 through 010, uh, some of the hardest hit folks uh, uh, with investment real estate and having too much debt. Um, and I was just newly married. You know, I was, I was uh, my, trying to provide for my wife. My parents were actually divorced when I was young and I really wanted to be able to be a, a provider and, and make it in the business. I have a competitive background. I played basketball in college and, and uh, wanted to succeed in real estate. But it's, as some of your listeners may know, it's 100% commission. It's sink or swim. Yeah. It's, either, it's no salary, no benefits. And so I'm just trying to make it in, in the real estate world and, and I'm getting some momentum. And then all of a sudden the 2008 crash hit. Yeah. Right? That affected everybody making, in Northern know, California. Just barely, barely surviving to, to just completely crushed. Right. And yeah. so now I'm scrambling. I do what every good entrepreneur does. And what do they do? They adapt and they change and they figure out a way right. to solve more problems. But as a part of that, I had to go get a side job. I had to work at Cheesecake Factory by night. And I had, uh, and I, I mean, it was a privilege, you know, I got a chance to work, but I had two degrees and a minor and I was really successful in college, but it didn't necessarily translate immediately for the career. And so uh, for two years uh, I struggled, but in the meantime, I had to figure out a way to help my clients who also just got crushed, right? And who, who, who were losing everything. And, uh, and we, had, we asked the question, how do we help them escape feeling trapped by capital gains tax once and forever? What were the causes that led up to them who were who overpaying for properties? And everything just kept coming back to the 1031 exchange. Too many clients felt trapped and over, to overpay for properties in a short period of time. And just at that moment, about 2009, a, my manager brought in a gentleman to speak on the Deferred Sales Trust. 
And we sat there and said, what is the deferred sales trust? Well, it's an alternative to a 1031 exchange. Okay. It's a backup plan for a failed 1031. Okay. But at the, at the core of it, what is it? Well, it's, it's an installment sale. It's known as seller carryback. Uh, what someone may know about, about it. That's the law it's based upon. IRC 453. Okay. goes back to the 1920s um, versus IRC 1031 exchange. Uh, 1031, which is known as a 1031 exchange, goes about to the 1950s. So they're both tax deferral mechanisms. It's just they have different rules. Okay. And they have different outcomes and they have... Uh, different benefits. And so we learned that people don't have to go into debt. They don't have to overpay. We basically learned, uh, you know, three main secrets to this over a 10 year period of time of studying this so that I could help my clients again, never have to feel forced or trapped by capital gains tax. So one of those, uh, you, you've got, sounds like one of those stories that an overnight success that was 10 years in the making. <laughs> <laughs> Great point, right? I always tell people today that first story because they see my success now. And then I say, you know what, let me tell you what, how, how it really went. You know, for yeah. the first five years, Cheesecake we were struggling. Grinding it out, you know, showing up at one job, still trying to get your apron off to do this job. I, I totally, I totally relate to that. And I, I know that most of my listeners can too. So, so we, you spent 10 years figuring out the deferred sales trust, but really what does it do? I mean, it's an installment plan, but, but let's just say, for example, sake, I've got a, I've got a property I paid 800,000 for. I'm, I, it's valued at 1.6. So, or let's just call it 1.8. So we've got a million dollars. That's I like million dollars. Nice round number. We got a million dollars that would be we would be taxable under under the capital gains tax. How would you solve that problem with a deferred sales trust solution? Yeah, so real simple. We just at close of escrow, all that equity goes to the trust, and since it goes to the trust and doesn't go to you, Shannon, it's in a deferral state. But once it's in the trust, it can it can be there as long as you want, and you can invest it into really just about anything except for a primary home. So you can put it into a real estate syndication. You can do it hard money lending. You can use it to develop real estate. You can put it into stocks, bonds, mutual funds. You can put it into ETFs, insurance. Okay. So we just closed the deal in Georgia. It was a 128 unit apartment complex for a gentleman who has sold hundreds of properties over the last 30 years. And he's a baby boomer and he's looking to retire. Okay. And he has a $7.6 million sale and about four and a half million in debt. And this is right before Corona, uh, the crash of, uh, of Corona here. And he goes, do I want to take on massive amount of debt right now? And that's really the, the first uh, uh, secret to understand that debt is not your friend when, when the prices are overpriced and, and things are highly appreciated right. and we're in a situation where things are shifting. And so right. he saw the writing on the wall. And so we saved his failed 1031 exchange. He paid off all of his debt and just the equity went into the trust. And that's really important. So now he's debt free and his equity is sitting in the trust all tax deferred. Now he would have paid 1.1 million in tax had he not completed a 1031 exchange or a deferred sales trust, but instead he did a deferred sales trust. And now it's sitting there and it's, it's, I think it's kind of like the best of both worlds because he's, he's on the sidelines and he's out of debt and he's positioned to strike if and when a deal comes up. And he's very confident in the next 12 months, he's going to find a distressed seller or a distressed bank, and he's going to be able to purchase property at a discount. And in fact, that goes back to the, what we call the Monday morning quarterback story, or what the most prolific deferred sales trust uh, deal that, um, 
that I think uh, uh, we, we have in the history. And that was a gentleman in 2006. And he's out of Minnesota and he's worth a lot of money. And he decided to use the Deferred Sales Trust. He sold his property for about $20 million. Five years later, that same property was foreclosed on. And he bought it back from the bank at 60 cents on the dollar. The bank called him and said, hey, do you want to buy your property? He said, sure. Uh, what's the price? And he says, well, 40% off. So he bought it at a discount, all tax deferred. So what the deferred sales trust allows you to do, and the number one secret is to buy at optimal timing, meaning when and if it makes sense for you, Shannon, right? Uh, not because of the 45 days to identify and the 180 days to close and not with excess amount of debt that you may or may not want to be in. So right? there's no there's no timer on it. You You just, you just decide at the time of sale, I'm gonna sell my property tomorrow and I'm gonna tell you tomorrow that I'm gonna do a deferred sales trust or can I sell it and then tell you? So great question. If you're selling a high-end primary home or a business, we need to do it at the time of sale. So okay. we typically need at least you know a couple of weeks before close sure. and we also need to add some language into the purchase and sale agreement, okay. which gives you the option to do this. So you definitely wanna be early, okay? But yeah. yeah, so let's imagine you're closing tomorrow and we have properly set up the language and the trust is in place. At close of escrow, the escrow sends the funds to the trust. It's a single entity business trust that only does business with you. Uh, the funds are never commingled, and also they don't ever move without your signature. The funds are held at TD Ameritrade, large banks, okay? So now we're there, we're protected, you can review it. Um, and, uh, and you're in a good, you're in a good solid position. So, okay. Now, if you're selling investment real estate, okay, we can save a failed 1031 exchange, okay? Um, Understanding the mechanism of this is what's called actual or constructive receipt. The key, Shannon, is not for the funds to go to your personal bank account because that's when it's taxed. The key is to send it to something else, something else such as a deferred sales trust, something else such as a 1031 exchange company. Think of it also like a, like a 401k. It's kind of like a 401k. What do you do? Well, instead of taking that money directly, you have it sent to this 401k and it's in this tax vehicle that gives you benefits until you take the money out. Same concept. We're just going to send all of the funds to this deferred sales trust tax benefits until you take the money out. But once it's there, it can be put into anything because it's not a 1031. So back to the 1031, you send it to something that it's not taking actual constructive receipt. It's sitting there. Then when it fails, you can move it to the deferred sales trust. And that's exactly what uh, we do in thousands of closes now over 24 years. So... <clears throat> If we were to, back to our example where we have a million dollars, we put it in the sales trust, do I ever have to spend that money or can that sit in the trust for 10 years? Great question. So most of our clients, um, it's a mixed. I'd say it's 70% just allow it to compound because it's a unique business trust. You can let the income compound. Although we wanna show uh, some income usually in the first three to five years, even if it's a small amount because the trust does file its tax return. So after the 15 IRS audits over the 24 years, we've learned that there's there's things that we wanna do. By the way, all of those are no change, successful, not one single issue with the IRS, okay? okay. Good. Um, we have a private letter ruling as well. That being said, uh, some income is good to get tax, but for the most part, you can, you can shelter a lot of that until and if you wanna receive that. And at the end of the 10 years, you can renew for another 10 years and renew for another 10 years and keep it going. But I think the best part about this is, is learning how you can make the deferred sales trust an investment rather than an expense. And part of why you, how you do that is you, you through a new depreciation schedule. 
So one of the challenges with the 1031 exchange and folks who, who own multifamily property for over 27 and a half years is they get fully depreciated on that property right. or commercial property 39 years. Well, let's imagine it was a $10 million deal, Shannon, and you were to sell it today and it's fully depreciated. Well, if you buy another 10 million, guess what? You still have a zero basis. You right. still have no, you have no depreciation to take. Right. But if you bought that same deal, but you took one extra step through the trust and then partnered with the trust to buy that deal, guess what? A brand new $10 million depreciation schedule. Wow. And that's powerful because then what can you can do? Well, you can offset the income that the trust is producing Correct. in a given year and wash it right. away. Right. And, and yet you're not having to, you know, that's, that's been the, the, the problem that I've, I've seen with some of these is, you know, uh, let's take my parents, for example, they've got, they've got buildings that they've owned for 30 years and they're completely depreciated out and they're, but that's their retirement, right? That's what they live on. And I'm telling them, Hey, you need to do build another building. And they're like, well, we don't want to go into debt. We don't want to do a 1031 where we got to go in for, you know, $4 million plus a dollar. We don't want to do those things, but by going into the deferred trust, you can then reallocate your whole, you're, you're getting your whole $4 million in depreciation back. And so then you're now offsetting that with every trend or with every month, with every year that you depreciate that out. That's an amazing thing. That, that, that's incredible. That, and that no one else can offer. And let, wow. me, let, me give you some, let me give you some stats, Shannon, okay? So this is according to the American Bankers Association. There's about 17 to $20 trillion that's going to pass from one generation to the next in the next 20 years. And this is known as the baby boomer uh, generation. And it's the largest wealth transfer in the history of the planet. In fact, there's about 10,000 baby boomers every single day turning 65 in the U.S. alone. And there's 77 million baby boomers in the U.S. alone. So this is the largest wealth of, uh, of transfer we know in, in the history of mankind. And what they're challenged with is the toilets, the trash, the liability, exactly right. what you're talking about. They don't want to start over with new toilets, new trash, new liability. We just sold a deal for a baby boomer, 18 units here in Sacramento. And he says, Brett, I have 18 problems. I don't need 36 yep. problems. Yeah. Like I've made my wealth. Like I'm, yep. I'm satisfied. Like I just don't want to just waste it away and give it to the government who's going to take, you know, 30 to 50% of it. Correct. So what do they do? A lot of them just hold on, right? They just hold on and right. they, they, they and, but at a certain point, something comes up, either death in the family, a divorce, uh, you know, uh, they get sick, uh, they need liquidity, um, you know, they, they can't get the refinance, whatever it may be they need an option and this is where the deferred sales trust is great because what you gain is liquidity okay right. you gain uh you can be completely passive right you can be active if you want to be you right. can put it all in the stock market if you want to you can put it all into uh hard money lending well and this this also sounds like with the deferred trust you can change from one one class of asset to another i mean you could go from from real estate to stock market and in a 1031 you can't do that Exactly right. So in a 1031, this is a whole new world, Yeah. So in a 1031, it's like kind investment real estate for like kind investment real estate. And right. by the way, this is why your commercial real estate broker hasn't told you about it. And this is why the 1031 exchange companies don't want you to know about it. Right. And by the way, I'm speaking as a commercial real estate broker who sold nearly $100 million in commercial real estate. So I get it. Right. Yeah. At Marcus and Millichap, we learned about the 1031 exchange on about day three. Right. Right. I didn't know about the deferred that's, sales that's basic. Trust. Here's where the water cooler is. Uh, here's where your office is. And by the way, we do 1031 exchange. <laughs> that's what they do. Right. And there's nothing exactly. wrong with that. I like a 1031 no. exchange when you can find a forced appreciation value add deal and a buyer's market. But right. guess what? 
just like uh, I, you know, I called the 1031 exchange a hammer, and mm -hmm. I and I liken the the deferred sales trust to a Swiss Army knife. Right. It has its place, and if you have a nail to hit, hit that nail, right, and go buy that property. But for a lot of our clients, they're looking for something that's transformational, and this versus transactional. A 1031 is transactional. What does that mean? Well, you're probably staying in debt. You're uh, versus being completely out of debt, which is, can be transformational for folks. You're probably staying in one asset class, meaning you're not diversified versus ours. You can be completely diversified. Uh, you're probably staying in uh, a lot of toilets, trash and liability versus ours. You don't have to have any of that. Um, so you look at these two things. And what I like to do, walk through the exercise with, with clients and potential clients is just say, what is your ideal wealth plan? What does your legacy look like? And let's, and then let's, let's, let's map that out. Let's visualize right. that. Now let's, Let's draw a line down the middle. Let's put 1031 exchange, the road you're on now, and deferred sales trust, what you could be. Yeah. And let's map out all the benefits and let's see what's really gonna get you there, okay? But however, one of the challenges, Shannon, is, is commercial real estate is like a religion, okay? And by the way, I like, I love commercial real estate. I'm part of that religion, right? <laughs> one of the doctrines is a 1031 exchange. And one exactly. of the challenges, if you challenge that doctrine, People can get, you know, that's all they know. And you right. go, well, but, but there's another doctrine over here that's just as proven. It's IRC 453. It's an installment sale. But most people don't, don't use it because in a traditional installment sale, it's typically short in nature. You're, you're relying on that one buyer as your collateral or the deal, but that one person who whose baby doesn't have very good credit to begin with. And they're probably going to pay you off in three to five years anyways, and you're owed the tax anyways. That's why most people don't do a traditional. So we're just taking, but they know it's it's legal and it absolutely works. Right. So we're just taking something that's tried and true legally, but we're making a little adjustment. And I liken it to the old Blockbuster versus the Netflix. Do you remember going to Blockbuster, Shannon? Oh, yeah. You walk in and you yeah. have to, you know, was it behind the cardboard? Oh, it's behind the cardboard. Okay. Uh, and you take it home and then it wasn't rewound. It wasn't rewound. And, and then you have three days. To, I mean, that's like, that's like the 1031, yep. all of these yep. restrictions, 45 days to identify 180 days to close, right. like kind, you have to take on all the debt. Whereas you have what's called the Netflix and guess what Netflix is? Well, it's seamless, right? It's, it's, uh, it's, it's adjustable. Uh, it's uh, on your on your terms on on your and your ways, right? That's just, that's what the deferred sales trust does. We can truly create a transformational wealth plan, and then what can you do also with that? Well, you can give it to uh, to, to to charity, or another one is is the partnership separation, which is a big challenge for a lot of entities. Um, especially for syndicators and operators, with right. how do we separate in a way that that is is uh, uh, tax tax deferred and also uh, helps to keep the interest of everyone else. So in a traditional 1031, the whole entity must move. What does that mean? Well, let's imagine there's 10 people on a property, and we've owned it for 20 years. We bought it for two million, and it's worth 20. Okay, right. So huge tax liability. Well, you know. 10 of those people could want to take the cash and, and go away. The other 10 wants to defer it, but the whole entity must move. So the, that's the challenge. So what can we do with the deferred sales trust? Well, what's really nice is each individual can have their own deferred sales trust and the right. other ones can just go pay their tax. Wow. Okay. So it's a seamless partnership separation. They're not commingled. They're based upon their own risk tolerance. It's customized to them. And, and then also what can they do? Well, they can put it back into another real estate deal, but they might not want to put all of their millions with you. They may only want to put a couple hundred thousand, right? right? So it gives them more flexibility. So what most syndicators don't know is a, not only are people selling assets and paying taxes on them and then investing with them when they could have saved a 30 to 40% and had that much more, right. but on the exit, everyone's paying that 30 to 50%. 
Okay. Yep. And, and everyone's losing there where it could all be kept in our families and our communities and out of the government's hands. So let's be, let's be honest. They waste it away. No matter what side you're on, they they'll do. waste it away that fast. That's and right. that's really the goal here is to take all of this wealth for all of these baby boomers and help them defer it and help them to earn more for their families and the, and the causes they believe in most. So Brett, uh, back to the, the qualifications the qualifications, are they the same as they would be with, let, let's say you wanted to do a 1031 and you're dealing with rental property, you have to have owned that for 366 days of income producing time. Is that the same with the Deferred Wealth Trust? Could you sell, let's just say you had five building lots. Could you sell those five building lots and, and defer that? Great, great question. So yes, we can do both short-term and long-term, okay? So what you're referring to is, is for the 1031 is typically a year or two, depending on who you ask, right. of continual ownership, okay? So you qualify for what's called long-term capital gains tax, right, versus right. short-term. The deferred sales trust goes for both. And also to your point, if you have five properties that you're selling, you may not be selling those lots all at once. You can have one trust and just roll in each deal into the trust as you sell. And that gives you another advantage because you're not having to do a bulk sale and then do a 1031. You can simply consolidate all of your equity from your, it could be from a primary home. It could be from your, you know, your veterinarian, wow. you sell your business. It could okay. be from your commercial real estate interest. And you just keep compiling it all into this trust, all the debts paid off. And it's just, the, and then now you can use that big chunk. Let's say it was, it was 3 million. Now you can use up to 80% of that could be sent to an investment real estate the next day, all tax deferred. Okay. Right. Wow. Um, and uh, that's a nice, elegant way too, to, 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 to get everything um, consolidated. So, so you can literally do things like you can, I mean, you know, you'd have to have just incredible timing on the sale of everything on a 1031 to get two properties to go into one where this, you could, you could do one, uh, you could sell a business and bring it in. I mean, you could, you could literally, consolidate your life's work into one account of all cash and relieve yourself of all the debt. I mean, you could simplify your life down to all cash at the end of your quote unquote working career. I don't know how many of us in, in real estate really ever quit looking at property and working, but, but that's an amazing thing about that. So, so what does, what does this take to set up? Is this a, is this a, big expensive thing to set up? Great question. And we try to make it as seamless and as easy as possible. And part of what we do is, first of all, we start with education, okay? And we want to educate and bring in your trusted advisors. We want to also let you know we stand behind our work. The tax attorneys indemnify and provide audit defense on every single deal. Thousands of closes. You want to make sure whoever you're trusting with this new tax deferral strategy, whether it's us or someone else who's proposing something, that they have a long standing track record with uh, their clients and the IRS and they've had successful um, audits. Okay. Right. If they tell you they haven't had an audit, that's not a good thing. Okay. Nope. So we say, don't try this at home. And, <laughs> but just because your CPA hasn't heard about it or doesn't know about it, realize that a lot of CPAs are, are what's kind of like a general practitioner. You know, you, right. you go to the doctor and they take your, they, t you know, they take your pulse, they do your blood work and they take care of you for 20 years. But at a certain point you haven't been selling all of this highly appreciated assets for 20 years. You need a specialist. And it's like a, you know, you get your shoulder surgery or an ACL, right. you know, I tore my ACL playing basketball 
and, and college. And so I had to go get a surgery. Now my, my general practitioner didn't know how to do ACL surgery. So this is the key. So we want to start with education. So that's the first process. Understand what it is. And we have a capital gains tax solutions Academy, where if you're listening to the show and you, you, you send Shannon an email or me an email, we'll let you know to get free access. Okay. Right. Uh, to that. That's awesome. And that's going to help you to help just educate yourself. Okay. That's the first yeah. thing. Okay. Number two, bring in your trusted advisors on any live deal. And we're going to hopefully get their blessing. And 99% of the time we get their blessing and they actually join us. We have actually thousands of business professionals across the U S CPAs, tax attorneys, national law firms, commercial real estate brokers. We've closed deals with Marcus and Millichap, Keller Williams, We've closed deals with Placer title, Chicago title, uh, First Fidelity, all of the majors. Okay. So Big we're going to bring everyone in. We're going to get all together and we're going to map it out for you. Okay. And we're going to map out what your tax liability is and what your options are. Okay. Mm -hmm. And if it's greater than a hundred thousand dollars of liability and the equity or the net proceeds from the sale of your asset is greater than 500,000, then you go to the next step. Okay. And the next step is with the tax attorneys and whoever else you want to bring on. And now if you like that, you sign a conditional engagement agreement. And now that gets us a chance to go work and with your, with your uh, commercial real estate broker, with escrow, with everybody else, your CPA. And now we're working. Now, here's the thing. If the deal doesn't close, Shannon, guess what? You owe us zero. Wow. If you decide you don't want to use it, you owe us zero. So we want to keep take all the pressure off of the educational process and the, the, the due diligence process for each client. Okay. Um, that is a summary of that. And then if we close, um, we open up the bank account. You speak with the bank directly. Um, and there's a financial advisor who's, who's a part of it. Um, and you have that whole team. You have that whole team. I, I, I don't, you create the trustee. You have, you have the financial advisor that administers the trust. I mean, I just need to be there and available. And I, and I love, I love Brett, how you've thought this through and you, and you say, okay, start here. If you qualify at this point, we're not wasting anybody's time. We'll move to the second part and we'll, your, your company will invest more in getting everything put together so that everybody's comfortable. It's not a, it's not a sales job or it's not a build by the hour so that you can spend $10,000 finding out if the shoe fits. You get to, but you guys know you're the professionals. You guys know, and you go, Hey, this is, this looks really good. Let's move to the next level. And at the next level, it's more about our, is the client comfortable with what's happening? And then you set up the whole trust. You've got the financial advisor, you've got everybody involved. And it's just a matter of making that transaction happen or implementing that plan. You hit it on the head. And then we also give a list of all the clients, right? Or a big list of clients that we've used and you can call them directly and speak with them. Right? So yeah, we, wow. we truly want to take off all of the pressure. We don't want to sell anybody. We want to educate and right. empower, right? And, right? and as soon as you get it and you grasp it, oh my gosh, you know, we just had a, I had a client, we just closed a $2.6 million deal in Alabama. And, and uh, his, 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 one of his best friends had given him the due diligence he did for, for four months on us. And, and then he joined us and he's sending us other referrals. Like, hey, I just sold my yeah. business. Can I join you guys? Like, yeah. A lot of people get really excited about what it is and how it can help their friends and family. And uh, it ends up being a win-win for everyone. And by the way, this is also a win for the government. Just so you know, it's not like we're cheating the government. Dang the government it. has these legal loopholes. <laughs> just because people are probably thinking this, like, "Well, this is too good to be true." Like, why would the government allow this? Well, realize that the study of macroeconomics states that if we keep the money flowing 
right? Yeah. We actually create more jobs, and when we create right. more jobs, that's more tax revenue, okay? So right. it's the same reason they have a 1031, they, they have this. Right. And be, remember, where the funds need to be? They need to be in, in invested in stocks, bonds, mutual funds, investment, real estate. You know, it has to have business purpose. They can use it to develop real estate, or, or they can use it to, to fund a new business venture. That's all gonna spur economic growth. So it's actually a win for them versus you, let's say, selling a $3 million deal, paying the tax and then putting it under your mattress. Like that's not right. good, right? They or, don't want that. They want to keep the they, money flowing if that makes sense. You know, they tried to create the opportunity zones uh, for, for the same reason because people were saying, I'm not going to do a 1031 because I, I don't want to go more in debt. I don't want to own more. I don't need more, more complaints and, and more doors to deal with. And right. so people weren't doing that. So then they said, hey, let's do the opportunity zone idea as a way to bring everybody into a redevelopment situation to get that money flowing because that was truly sitting on the sidelines and people like my parents and a lot of people I know were not just simply not doing deals because they didn't want to increase their what they owed. So that's amazing, Brett. So so tell me, uh, tell us now, how can we get a hold of you? Uh, you've got a tagline for us that we're going to put on put on this uh, webinar. Uh, this video so that people can get it. Uh, but where can they find you on, on, in anywhere? Yeah. So capital gains tax solutions podcast. We have that. We just ranked as high as number 53 on iTunes for investing. So you can check us out there. In fact, I had Shannon on the show last week. He won't probably air for uh, a little bit in the head, but cause we were kind of backed up, but uh, go to capital gains tax solutions.com. Okay. And then we highly encourage everybody to, to get our, our, our nine steps, um, it's basically sell a business, sell your business or real estate smarter guide. It's a little mini ebook that you can download um, by going to capitalgainstaxsolutions.com. Um, as well, I'll encourage you too, if you're even thinking about selling, you should contact us, right? And right. if you're even thinking about doing a 1031, you don't want to go to a 1031 exchange company who, who doesn't have this already ready to go, okay? Yeah. And or haven't already approved it, okay? So realize right. that not every broker or every 1031 exchange company is created equal, okay? So you definitely wanna make sure that you're protected and you have a backup plan. By the way, we don't take up any of the spots for the 1031 identification spots. Also, we're not not to be confused with a Delaware statutory trust. If you're listening to this saying, I already know about a DST, you're probably thinking about a Delaware statutory trust, which is just another form of a 1031. We are not a 1031, we are not a Delaware, we are a deferred sales trust. So go to capitalgainstaxsolutions.com. Brett, I really, really appreciate your time. I've got so many questions. I'm going to go right to your capitalgainstaxsolutions.com. I'm going to get on there. I'm going to get started because I see where this can benefit my syndicators. This can benefit the people that are doing deals with me in partnerships. And we're, we've come to the end of the partnership and we kind of, you know, we don't know what to do, but there is, there is so much information here. And, you know, I guess it's kind of like uh, the media that we're hearing now and I guess I get why Marcus and Millichap and Keller Williams aren't really talking about anything other than the 1031 exchange because it takes away, it gives you such an arsenal of options that you may not want to go back into real estate. Real estate right now might not be where you feel comfortable, but you have to if you sell real estate with a 1031. And that's great for people selling real estate. So I see where this opens up a lot of options. Amazing things, Brett. I really do appreciate your time. Thanks for being on the, on the Real Estate Rundown. 